Okay, Alex, it's a pleasure to have you back, man, uh, especially before the end of this roller coaster year. How are you, dude? Hi, Victor. I'm doing fine, and I'm also. I also hope that Brussels is doing fine, and you're doing fine. Listen, Brussels is doing amazing. We're all very happy that this year is coming to a close. We're all getting our, you know, bucket lists ready. We're making New Year's resolutions, and we're not alone in this. Because the European Union is also um, making New Year's resolutions. And those New Year's resolutions are basically a bunch of, you know, pieces of legislation that are going to come out next year. And that is the topic for today. Just to give uh, people a bit of context, and this is, of course, not for EU policy nerds, but just for the regular listener, at EU level, um, the one institution that has the right to propose new legislation is the European Commission. That's why we're talking about the European Commission. There is also the European Parliament and the European Council, but it's basically the commission that prepares all the policy initiatives. So they work out all the policy, all the details, and then they put it out on the table. Then the Council and the Parliament need to approve. They make comments and make suggestions, but it's basically, you know... Um, on the on the side of the European Commission to do a lot of these things. So it's a EU Commission show, so to say. Yeah, it's a one-man show, woman show, we should say, since the president of the European Commission um, is a woman, Ursula von der Leyen, for the first time in the history of the European Union. Um, so it's actually a very interesting point of time. Um, I, I don't know, before zooming in, if we actually zoom out for a second, I think it's very interesting to reflect on what um, this uh, European Commission and this European Parliament, this European Council, um, what they have been through. Um, because I was actually reflecting about this um, myself uh, before recording, and I realized that this European Commission started in 2019, right? Like a new batch of members of the European Parliament were also elected at the end of 2019. And um, since then something pretty big happened. A bloody pandemic happened, right? So, um, and in the meantime, both the European Commission and the European Parliament and the European Council, they had to negotiate a huge budget because that's how the EU works. So, um, every seven years, uh, all the countries, um, they um, chip in a little bit of money or a lot of money into a sort of common pot uh, that it's going to be their common budget for the next seven years. So once every seven years, they have to do this exercise. And that happened uh, this year when, uh, you know, COVID-19 was hitting pretty hard uh, all countries in the world. So uh, I was reflecting and, and, and I realized that probably 2021 is going to be sort of like the first, I mean, quote unquote, normal year for this European Commission and this European Parliament, where they will actually, hopefully, be able to focus on legislation. Yeah, that's a nice that's a nice summary, Victor. And um, when I saw what was proposed in 2019 already by the European Commission and and uh, also how the media we had reported on this, especially on things like the European Green Deal, this already didn't sound like a normal year. 2020 wouldn't have become a normal year neither. And then now it became an extra special year, so to say. So the, the, the commission had to 
had to deliver its working package in any way, which it's the European Green Deal is not a normal legislation, and many other legislative uh, um, packages are neither normal. And on top, you know, we have the pandemic. Even even next year will not be a normal year, so to say. Uh, I think I think the battles that will be fought by the European Commission and also with the European Commission on the European level about many things, they will be far from normal talking about the topics but also about the quantity of things they are proposing though they so a lot of controversy i i expect here and that's great because normal is boring yeah, that's true so i think we're gonna we're gonna have rather a, a rather exciting year ahead L- let me just like uh, sort of um go, go back um uh, to the start um i think a good way to start you know um thinking about what's going to happen next year is just to have a broad look at uh, how the commission is structuring this work. So uh, the current European Commission, uh, which um, was uh, um, selected for uh, the period 2019-2024, has basically six broad priorities, six political slash policy priorities for the next um, four years. Uh, what this current commission is doing is they're trying to structure every annual work program around six broader political priorities that they have for the period 2019 to 2024, which is when the current European Commission ends, so to say, right? Um, so these six priorities, they set the stage for all the policy work that is going to be done um, in, uh, until 2024. The first priority we already talked about uh, in our last episode, that's a European Green Deal, you know, where uh, Europe um, sets the ambition of becoming the first climate neutral continent by 2050. The second priority is a Europe fit for the digital age. Um, And that means a European Union that embraces digital transformation. Uh, Priority number three is called an economy that works for people. Priority number four is a stronger Europe in the world. The fifth one, and this one uh, created a lot of um, you know uh, confusion, is promoting our European way of life. That has to do with the rule of law. And um, the last priority is a new push for European democracy. So under each of these priorities, the Commission is structuring more specific policy work, uh, specific legislation um, that together with the Council and the Parliament, uh, they work out and then is implemented at national level. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about now. So what can we expect for 2021? What is going to happen? What should we brace ourselves for? So now we're talking about the the work program for next year. For example, in in the European Green Deal, which is the flag is the flagship, um, probably the flagship legislative legislative package of the Commission, there is a thing called uh, called policy objective. Basically, this is a sub package, and this is called Fit for Fifty Five package. The naming is um, special. <laughs> Fit for Fifty Five package, man. Um, it doesn't doesn't say much. What is that 55 about? Yeah, exactly. So only only like policy nerds or people that are really uh, familiar with EU climate policy understand this title. 
So again, by the way, I hope that no policy nerd is actually listening to this episode. <laughs> so uh, any listener who uh, or listeners of last episode, they might actually know what this 55 means. Uh, 55 recur, uh, refers to the ambition of the European Commission to reduce climate uh, to, to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 55 percent um, till the year 2000. At least, at least 55 percent, and uh, until the year. 2030. So this was only a, a this is a proposal the EU climate law which is as far as I know now almost finalized or in the last stage of finalization. Um, um, however, this is just of course a target, and now the Commission envisions. Uh, I just counted twelve different revisions or new policies. They want to kind of like propose in the next hey that's one per month yeah but uh, yeah you could think so but the thing is so from a to k i think this is 11 or no from a to a to j this is uh, 11 or 10 i don't sorry uh, um <laughs> till in the second quarter of 2021 and then two of them in the, in, in the last quarter so anyway not important when my, my point but this being is so they will have they will have a lot of work to do because most of these um, proposals they are very technical um, they talk about the emission trading system energy uh, taxation things like the carbon border adjustment which are something new it's a trade it's going to be a trade policy related uh, thing so just i'm just naming two three here um yeah so and my friend i'm afraid that you here you're only scratching the surface like this is only the new initiatives that the commission is planning to put out next year but this um, massive 26 page document also lists uh, further down uh, revision of existing legislation and what they call also um, refit initiative so basically uh, analyzing a bundle of uh, legislation um, uh, to see if it's still fit for purpose so it's a lot of stuff, right? Like new things, uh, the revision of all things. And, um, and in any case, all these um, uh, sub-chapters, as you call them, um, they fall around these uh, six broader priorities that the commission has. So yes, indeed, there is a lot going on. Yeah, um, indeed. I think one one interesting way to look at this because it's indeed um, I, I believe a lot of information. Um, I <laughs> I am pretty sure that a lot of people working in the European Commission struggle with this document themselves, right? Like uh, it's not easy to put together, and it's definitely not easy to understand um, and to make sense of it. It's uh, it's it's a lot. But one interesting way, I think, uh, to look at it is um, what you did is thinking about how the year is going to unfold. So um, you were talking about quarters. Um, so if you divide the year in, in, in four equal pieces, um, then uh, th that's something that the commission likes to do. So they say, okay, we cannot give you a specific date, but uh, in quarter two, meaning um, somewhere between April and June, we're going to do a b yeah. c and d right um and i think that's that's interesting because for us uh, mere mortals um time uh, seems to be linear so 
um, if we think of, okay, January 2021, what's going to happen then, you know? What's going to happen during spring? What's going to happen during summer? Then uh, how about uh, autumn and then um, winter? Then we can get, a, I think, a, a clearer picture of what's going what to happen. And if you agree with me, maybe we can tackle this big monster that way. Sounds, sounds good. Um, go ahead, Victor. All right. What is on your plate in quarter one? Do you have uh, something nice? I wish it were my plate. Um, uh, unfortunately, I just eat a little bit from it. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. But do you have some some nice starter? Yes. Maybe you can structure it around the around the menu. So, what Ooh, is your starter? I like that. I like that idea very much. Okay, so um, the starter is unfortunately not tangible because the first quarter is going to be heavily focused on uh, digitalization and artificial intelligence. Which, if you ask me, sounds pretty exciting. Um, but there is um, there are a few things um, that the commission is um, aiming for in quarter one, and of course, it's not only about digitalization and artificial intelligence. Um, here I am uh, being a bit reductionist, but that is something that at least uh, uh, sticks out, in my opinion, because um, at the beginning of the year, one of the things that the commission is going to do is it's going to set digital targets for 2030. Um, so it will be a sort of a roadmap uh, with some goals in a number of areas uh, that span from connectivity to skills to advanced technologies, um, um, uh, artificial intelligence, uh, the, the provision of digital public services, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's one big thing. Um, um, they're also um, going to uh, publish a legislative initiative uh, that will try to ensure that artificial intelligence is safe, that it complies uh, with current law, that is in line with EU fundamental rights, blah, blah, blah. Um, so th these two things are pretty big for quarter one. Um, and then on top of that, the commission will also try to um, introduce a common charger for mobile phones and similar devices, such as laptops. So um, it's uh, hmm. that's not necessarily digital. That's actually quite physical. Uh, but it's something that has made uh, quite some noise. Because imagine, you know, right now, um, do you use, what phone do you have? I have uh, an Android, a Samsung. You have an Android. Uh, well, I have uh, now for a few months an iPhone, and we are very much aware that the charges are not the same, right? Like if I have an iPhone and I forget my charger at home and I go to your place for a couple of beers and then I run out of battery, you will not be able to lend me your Android charger, right? Although I have to there, I have to say that I think the commission is a bit behind the time because uh, looking at the market right now the situation is already so much better than it used to be like 10 years ago so and even the newest iphone now have i think an, uh, a similar charger as the the newest android so i think yeah i, I like that initiative but i'm not sure uh, i think this initi initiative would have been very en point so to say like uh, 10 years ago right yeah Let's I see think that's whether this will this whether this will make the biggest difference now in for 2021 or other other things on the menu might be more tasty. It's it's fair criticism. Um, uh, I I'm not particularly excited about that initiative. Um, and you're not the first person to 
um, criticize this to an extent. I think you're absolutely right. It's a bit late and it also doesn't really fix the real problem, right? I think um, uh, probably there are a lot of other things um, that are more important, probably looking inside the devices themselves and making sure that they are standardized uh, around the world yeah. could be more important. Could um, But in, anyways, um, it's a starter. It repair, repairable, for example. Repairable Repairability. And, uh, That's coming yeah. later on, though. Oh, yeah. So, so you have uh, some you have dessert yeah that's great <laughs> you're fired <laughs> okay. dude um indeed so what comes after the starter um is it the main dish or am i am, am i being too quick no let's let's do the main dish i think i think quarter two looks looks for me um after having a look at this work program looks for me as the main dish and i yeah i'm, I'm looking again like at the at the big european green deal package and most of the initiatives there are quarter two so in before summer many of these um, um proposals are legislative proposals so they actually will have an impact and you know because often the commission also puts out non-legislative proposals things like communications or other documents which are per se not not irrelevant but they don't have an immediate immediate effect on the world while a legislative proposal could be actually transformed to regulation or to a directive later on and this will have actually actual real world impacts um that are much more tangible that's correct yeah thanks thanks victor for 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 checking on my eu uh, basic uh, basic eu law uh, knowledge <laughs> oh my god who 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 would have ever thought a mexican checking uh, germans homework on the eu well i mean who who knows huh? no but um just to to wrap this up here uh, i mean i already talked about the fit for 55 package uh, this also is the, the first block here in this document then they uh it's about circular economy um i think you know bits about this but actually this is, comes in, in quarter four so i'm not uh, mentioning this here but in the in the 55 package just one one thing for i i see like really big blocks mm. so i mentioned them already before but the ets the europe the tradition trading system the, the current border adjustment mechanism which is something where the commission wants to make importers pay some kind of like uh tariff in 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 how depending on how much yeah just say it. it's it's you want to say tax you want to say tax except we're not allowed to call it a tax it's, it's tax like depending on how much carbon the, the, the product have so they want to kind of like uh, harm those that import to the european union um those products that have a lot of carbon inside so but yeah for example steel could be yeah. could be products um you know but I don't want to go into details here. Maybe we can uh, tackle this thing in a different episode. Then there is the energy tax directive. Energy taxes is a big, big issue. Hasn't been really tackled. Um, or has did the commission try to tackle this thing? I think ten years ago or so, and they really failed to 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 set up like a good energy tax uh, system. And the current energy tax system in Europe is really not fit for kind of like the twenty first century and for reaching the goals. So my point is that, you know, these are all topics that are extremely controversial, you know, because there are there's so much money in, involved, involved, uh, um, involved into these things. So I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really expecting a very hot, politically hot autumn. All the stakeholders will, of course, read the proposals. But then, you know, this will be then, of course, discussed in Parliament and in the European Council. 
And then the lobbyist will, of course, go and try to influence these things. So I think in the second half of 2021, after these proposals are out, we will see a lot of debate on, on these topics. And I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely. Um, uh, you're absolutely right. I think it's going to be a pretty hot summer, and not only because of the temperature, but also because of the importance of uh, this um, um Initiatives. I have to say, though, that a lot of them are not necessarily new. You mentioned the carbon uh, border adjustment mechanism. That's certainly new. All the things are a lot of revisions. Um, and I think a good way to look at it is um, the, the European Commission just wants to make sure that the legislation that is currently in place is actually fit for achieving that goal of reducing emissions by at least 55% by 2030. So that's exactly what's going to happen and that's gonna, what's going to be um, you know, taking the stage during the second quarter of next year. Although there is another thing that's also going to be very important. Um, you mentioned circular economy that's coming towards the end of the year. Yes, something big is coming towards the end of 2021, but the road to that big proposal uh, is being paved by two smaller, quote-unquote, right, uh, proposals that will happen in quarter two. One of them intends to, and I'm quoting here the name that the commission is giving it to it, um, empowering the consumer for the green transition. The other one is about substantiating green claims. So these two proposals are part of a bigger, so to say, uh, puzzle. Uh, there are two uh, smaller pieces of the bigger picture. And um, uh, the first one aims to sort of uh, give consumers more of a say um, when they choose products. So trying to incentivize consumers to choose products that are sustainable. And that implies giving them better information about the content of a product, about its environmental footprint. The second one about substantiating green claims is going to be, I think... Um, more impactful than what stakeholders today think it will be because it's going to require um, organizations um, to uh, use standardized methods uh, to communicate the environmental impacts of the products and services that they provide on the EU market. Um, and that means that, you know, they will not be able anymore to use whatever label or logo or method that they think is correct. They are going to have to use a standard method. Um, what exactly that method will imply? Um, well, we have some uh, clues about that, um, it would be a bit boring to go into detail there, but let's just say that it's gonna it's gonna be one method to rule them all. Hmm. So interesting. Uh, that's gonna be pretty interesting. Uh, but of course, it's a bit overshadowed by all these revisions and new initiatives that are aiming directly at making sure that we reach that fifty five percent. Uh, emission reduction target yeah i also don't i also wanted to stress of course uh, anything we are not mentioning here uh, is only because of us not being able to recognize the importance. knowing yeah exactly absolutely the first thing we most recognize is our ignorance man um and then for, from that pretty low bar <laughs> i think we can go pretty high <laughs> well let's try it um so after the main course we can maybe go to the dessert already and then Ooh. don't we have a well what's up to the main course the dessert and then we have after the dessert there's the the limoncello exactly oh i love this man Good. like we should go out for for dinner more <laughs> often i mean we can't because lockdown but um uh, we should
Okay, Victor. Uh, so now we are already at the dessert, which means fall, which means quarter three. Um, do you have anything interesting on the menu? Uh, I have something pretty sweet for you, man. Um, something that I think is going to steal the show in quarter three. And we must remember that quarter three uh, dovetails with the summer break to an extent. So, um, you know, a lot of people are on holidays, but a lot of people are also working pretty hard on stuff like the Data Act. So the Data Act, um, I have to admit that, that sounds I'm, very sexy. Yeah, it sounds so sexy, man. Um, but um, as sexy as it is, I know uh, very little about it. But um, it's basically going to be a um, legislative initiative uh, aiming to foster the availability of data um, in the EU. So um, it's going to be this massive regulation to sort of like increase data sharing in a safe way, of course, so that, and I'm I'm going to use here some EU jargon, but um, to make sure that the European Union embraces the power of data um, and, um, and transitions towards a digital society and a digital single market. So um, it's basically making sure that the rules, the right rules are in place so that people, organizations are encouraged to share data and that data can be used in a responsible way uh, to encourage the digital economy. Okay. So um, I think that's going to be pretty big, um, but I dare you to defer. So, sounds for me still a bit unclear, but uh, I think maybe in a, in a half a year we know we know more about it um well that's only because i don't know much about it myself uh, but <laughs> i think uh, there, there has been a lot of false about no, this no, of thing course. no also quarter three also has actually some interesting um some interesting stuff about sustainable and smart mobility as they call it it's also part of the broader european green deal uh, initiative and and actually there are uh two revisions that concern um railway so one is called the revision of the directive on intelligent transport systems including a multimodal ticket initiative multimodal ticket initiative ticketing Ooh. initiative which is uh, something very interesting I, um i won one it's also there's also a rail corridor initiative to be proposed uh with rail uh freight um so um, this is all part again of the Green Deal, in which the Commission tries, of course, to uh, to f to to strengthen the EU railway network. I think, yeah, that would be my little contribution for the third quarter. Well, not little. I think that's uh, pretty important, man. Last quarter, and that brings us to our digestive. Yes. So, how are we going to digest this year in terms of policy and politics? Well, politics, I have no clue. But in terms of policy, um, there are two things that I that I would like to point out. So, one. Uh, and this is one of my favorite topics, is uh, related to circular economy. So this is the end of the road in 2021, um, and it's called the Sustainable Products Policy Initiative. Um, this is a big deal uh, within the Green Deal because this one piece of legislation is actually at the very core of the new Circular Economy Action Plan. So this is the piece of legislation aiming at making sure that all the products and to the extent possible services placed on the EU market 
are actually sustainable, sustainable by design, ideally. So it's an ambitious uh, piece of legislation that uh, will set um, sustainability principles for different uh, product categories. So very broad, very horizontal, but it's a start. And from then, from there, the European Commission is planning uh, to set sustainability principles for different uh, product uh, value chains. So this one, um, I think it's going to be a pretty big deal. And in theory, this piece of legislation will work hand in hand with the other two that we mentioned before, empowering consumers for the green transition and substantiating green claims. So in that way, the commission is trying to squeeze sustainability from the side of consumers, from the side of producers, and uh, from the side of uh, uh, the provision of information. So it's... um, it's this uh, sort of, uh, you know, holistic approach to things. So that one is one of my favorites. Okay, interesting. And uh, I'll I'll look already forward to next uh, year's fourth quarter. And then you can explain me more about this. Uh, Absolutely. Sustainable product policy initiative. Because I'm, I'm very, I'm very uh, skeptical what sustainable product mean and how the European Commission wants to define that. So oh, I'm, I'm, you're not the only uh, one. I can imagine, uh, of course. I think defining, defining sustainability is going to be pretty, pretty, pretty hard. I think yeah. they're actually going to try to come up with an operational definitions is sort of like defining all the things first for which there already are standards like recyclability reusability uh, um, okay. so uh, from there it's where they're gonna go now i have a second thing to mention uh, but this one sounds pretty boring even though it's pretty important so before i do um do you have anything to say well i actually uh, would have again uh, mentioned something which is a bit hidden it's again under mobility and it says actually just very uh, short uh, just very like uh, naively development of a post euro 6 emission standards for cars vans lorries and buses so and you would say okay what well, does it mean development of a post mm-hmm. emission standard but this will be um again a big 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 fight especially you know being in berlin and also reading a bit of german news uh already now I'm I'm reading articles from car manufacturers and lobbyists that are working for the car manufacturer for the car man, for the car makers that basically they are already now afraid of this uh, of this policy package that the commission has already announced this year and this will most likely be delivered next year at some point and and the whole goal will be to decrease further emissions emitted by cars and uh, and the car makers they think oh if the standards are even stricter then we are basically um basically there will be a fade out of fossil fuel cars not explicitly but implicitly by a strict regulation uh, if you say, if you if you set the standards so strictly so high that no fossil fuel uh, gasoline or diesel car can can basically meet the target then you know basically you have a you have a ban of fossil fuel cars by cars by by the back door so to say and this is what they fear and again here a lot of uh, political uh theater and also battles i think we will we will experience lovely yeah no well thank you for spotting that that sounds uh, actually very relevant yeah it is re- super relevant and um, it is also relevant for the for the industry as a whole i believe um yeah, definitely. A, uh, it, it promises to be a turning point. Now, 
What I'm going to say next is going to be a bunch of trash. Uh, and that's for a good reason, because I'm talking about the revision of the um, packaging and packaging waste directive. So here we're talking about waste, we're talking about trash, we're talking about packaging. And this is this is massive. Um, this is expected for quarter four, so the end of next year. Uh, initially, it was expected for the beginning of the year, but they pushed it back. Um, so there is a lot of interest from producers, especially upstream producers of uh, packaging, because uh, the revision of this directive um, is aiming at ensuring that uh, plastic packaging is recyclable, but that in general, um, all packaging um, is, is actually uh, made to be reusable. So among other things, uh, this uh, revision of legislation will introduce an enforceable definition of recyclable packaging. It will also restrict the use of some packaging materials to only some applications. And it will also try to reduce the complexity of the materials used for packaging, especially when it comes to, uh, to plastics. And it will set uh, some recyclable Recycle content targets um, for specific uh, packaging formats. So this is very interesting. There is also a talk in the town that um, they might, uh, in this revision, try to establish also a common uh, color code scheme for uh, trash bags around Europe so that uh, the colors are the same. So, you know, if I live in Belgium and I put my uh, cardboard and paper into a yellow bag and then I pay you a visit in Berlin, um, I can keep on doing the same and I don't get confused because it's the same rule. It's the same everywhere. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I told you it wasn't precisely exciting, but it's actually very, very important. Um uh, uh, tackling waste, you know, making sure that there is no waste produced in the first place. That's the aim of the Circular Economy Action Plan. But of course, uh, we cannot avoid producing some waste, right? So that's another issue that the European Commission is very interested in tackling. Great, yeah. And with that, we close the loop. And I think, uh, I don't know about you, dude, but I would be up for some actual... Uh, digestive. Maybe before we, we close, I just want to uh, mention that, uh, or just say again that we have been uh, mostly citing basically packages from from the Green Deal um, initiative or from the Green Deal box. Uh, there are many more and many more and equ I guess equally important initiatives. So everybody from from these areas don't don't think that we are not taking care that we're not think that these are important either you uh, don't matter <laughs> for example just something here i i find super interesting it's uh, also they want to propose a so-called european health data space whatever this is in the quarter four of 2021 sounds very interesting um also a bit scary maybe but uh <laughs> i think that's related to actually the data act um because it's, yeah it's the first time i'm i'm reading that but you know so just just as a little kind of like extra package yeah. from uh, from the promoting our european way of life uh, box but you but you know um i, I mean I, I agree with you i think uh, we probably skipped uh, most of the non-green proposals um but we also touched upon um a few um pieces of legislation on digitalization um I, I, but i i don't think i mean 
we're definitely biased, yes, um, but it's also not necessarily our fault because the European Commission has two clear priorities and they call it the twin transition. It's digital and green. And actually, one of the things um, we didn't even talk about uh, budget, and I'm happy uh, not to mention it, um, but now that there is an agreement on the next multi-annual financial framework, aka budget of the EU. The MFF. um, uh, And also the recovery instrument, which is the next generation EU thingy. Um, the Commission, uh, within this um, you know, recovery instrument where they will disburse loans and grants to member states to help them recover from the COVID-19 pandemic, um, they are asking member states to come up with national plans where uh, specific amounts of money will be dedicated to green and digital. So it's just, I think this reflects the importance that the Commission is placing on on this transition on this twin transition so i think that's also why we're seeing so much talk of you know even when you talk about transport that has to do with greening the europe's industry greening uh, the european economy absolutely yeah but yeah next time we should just talk about health or uh, i don't know um the economy or uh, perhaps education there is also a few things uh, happening in education you know uh, european approach to micro credentials i think but you know uh, and, and these we didn't mention but there are also areas where the european union doesn't really have that much of a say it's actually uh, yeah, things exactly. that depend on member states like education or culture um so that's also why we probably don't see such a big emphasis on those uh, policy areas and i wish harpa were with us because she worked in uh, the director general for education and culture let's see what uh, role the commission actually plays next year in the meantime uh merry christmas happy new year and please to everybody out there listening to us make sure that you follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and more importantly that you give us a review on Spotify. I'm not sure you can give reviews on Spotify, but at least on um, Apple Music you can, or your podcast app of your choice. Exactly. And also feel free, of course, to share our episodes on the mentioned uh, social networks, or you can also leave a comment actually on our website, uh, podworld.org slash untangled. I think that's it with all the administrational messages and uh, happy Christmas happy Merry (laughs) Merry Christmas happy holidays and uh, let's uh, catch up next year bye Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad we never sing that song in Mexico guys I'm sorry to disappoint